Hey guys, this is Pastor Zach, and you are listening to Sermon Notes here at HPC. As I got together uh, with some friends this week, I, I, was, I always just seek the Lord. God, what is it you want to say? In fact, Pastor John bumped into me on Tuesday, and, and he looked at me, and he said, are you ready for this week? And I'm like, what's this week? And he's like, oh, you're preaching. And I'm like, oh, yeah, that's right. Okay, I'll ask the Lord tonight what he wants to share. And it's so interesting because as I got together with some friends throughout this week and we sat down and we shared meals and we broke bread together, I began to hear the Lord speak to me about how many issues in our lives can be resolved and dealt with through spiritual family. Spiritual family. If you're a part of our church or if you're new to our church and you've just started the heart study, you'll understand that one of our values here at HPC is spiritual family. We value not just biological, natural family, but we believe we are all one spiritual family. And part of the problem that has happened is we've had a disconnect in the family house. I was thinking through this past, this past month, earlier in the month or last month in the month of November, we started off with our marriage conference, and at the marriage conference, Ron and Doreen were up here, and they had this whole family table set up, and they began to teach that an important factor to passing on the legacy of Christ and maturity is to have a family table. The following week was Belong Sunday, where we learned about orphans, where we learned about what it means for adoption and foster care. And then the third week of November, we had Pastor Daniel and we had Stephen, our elder, standing up here talking about the new mission work, the new church that is to be planted in Providence, something that God wove together. And in the flash of a moment, the Lord revealed to me that all throughout the month of November, he was hammering home this point on generations and spiritual family, generations and spiritual family family, but sometimes there can be a disconnect. So I'd love for you to turn with me in the scriptures to 1 Timothy, actually 2 Timothy actually. I believe that what's happened here, if we're not careful, is that we're, we're dealing in isolated pockets and we're dealing in isolated groups and there's nothing wrong with having peer groups. We're gonna get to that. But we need everybody in the family. We need grandparents, we need parents, and we need children. We need everybody. Do you know what's interesting? It, it's very sad to me. It's very sad to me to see churches who don't welcome their children into the worship experience. I love that our kids get to come here and be a part of the worship experience. They get 30 minutes of worship to see what God is doing. Why wouldn't we want the younger generation to see God move? Why wouldn't we want to see that? And yet there's this disconnect between, no, God's doing something up here in the big church and God's doing something down there. They're not separate. He's the same God. Jesus said, his own disciples were saying, hey, get away, the master's too busy. Jesus said, let the children come. Let the children come. Guys, is there room at our table for children who make a mess? Is there room for, at our table for old people who make a mess? It goes both ways. We need tons of room. It's got to be a big table. <laughs> but I believe God is laying out for us the answer. Listen, the world doesn't get it. The world totally doesn't get it. Why are we looking to the world? They don't know. 
Everything is separation and segregation and all these different things. Even now with the whole inclusion movement. Okay, they're off a little bit. But we need to get a hold of the idea that God is the one who established the spiritual family. So as we look at the scriptures this morning, we're going to extract, we're going to draw out, we're going to extrapolate from this second letter that Paul wrote to Timothy. And you got to need a little bit of backstory on Paul. Yes, he was an apostle. Yes, he saw the risen Lord on the road to Damascus. Yes, he had all this amazing experience. Yes, he wrote two-thirds in the New Testament. But Paul had some dear companions that not only traveled with him, but sometimes he had to leave these companions. Like in the case of Timothy, he had to leave Timothy in Ephesus to put that church in order and to protect that church. We see in the scriptures, some of our very first pastors are the sons, the spiritual sons of Paul. They are Timothy and they are Titus. And we see these young pastors and Paul calls them his beloved sons. So as we get to this passage in 2 Timothy chapter 1, I want to draw out from it This silver lining that I see the Lord weaving in here. This is not necessarily what this passage is about, but I love the word of God. There's something woven in every single part of it. So 2 Timothy chapter 1. Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ by the will of God, according to the promise that which is in Christ Jesus, to Timothy, a beloved son. I'd like you to underline that, mark it up, highlight it in your Bible. A beloved son. Grace and mercy and peace from God the Father and Jesus Christ our Lord. I thank God whom I serve with a pure conscience as my forefathers did. Can you underline that? Can you highlight that? Forefathers. As without ceasing, I remember you in my prayers night and day and greatly desiring to see you being mindful of your tears that I may be filled with joy when I call to remembrance the genuine faith that is in you, which dwelt first in your grandmother, Lois, and in your mother, Eunice, and I am persuaded is in you also. Therefore, I remind you to stir up the gift of God which is in you through the laying on of my hands, for God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and love and a sound mind." Guys, there's so much woven into here, but I want to direct your attention to something that's woven in between, and that is three generations. Three generations. Paul is commending the faith of a young man, Timothy, who got his faith from his mom, Eunice, who got her faith from her mom, Lois. Three generations. God is not the God of the dead, for he is the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. God moves in generations. And we have to be mindful of how he's moving because we're following right now the worldly culture that says, well, we don't really know what to do with kids, so let's shove them in a room because they're too noisy. And, well, we don't really know what to do with our old people, so let's just shove them somewhere and forget about them. I'm here to tell you by the word of God today that there is a place for you. You There are spiritual grandparents in this room, and you feel washed up. You feel dried up. You feel like not just the world, but the church and people have forgotten you. So you keep your mouth closed because you feel like you have nothing to offer. There are spiritual children in this room who are orphans. Orphans. Why? Because they prayed a sinner's prayer. Because somebody was more concerned. I'm not downing this, but just follow me for a second. Somebody was more concerned about making a conversion than they were about discipling somebody in the ways of Christ. 
A sinner's prayer is great, but that's the start. We got to take people under our wing. We got spiritual orphan children in the room who have been birthed through a prayer, but nobody took the time to disciple them and bring them in and say, listen, I know you're going through a hard time right now. Just like Pastor Fuentes talked last week about that young man who chose Jesus and got the tar beat out of him. We got to bring over, bring around these spiritual children who don't have anybody to understand. Hey, listen, I get it. Yeah, listen, suffering is a part of walking with Jesus. Stay the course. Stay the course. You're going to make it. Let's pray together. Come around. Let me help cleanse those wounds. Let me help heal a little bit of what's broken. I'll stay with you for a little while. We have the responsibility on both ends to be mindful of our elders. Listen, if nothing else, honor needs to be restored to the house of God where the children of people understand how to honor their elders. Where are they going to learn it from? They're going to learn it from the spiritual parents. And if the spiritual parents don't know how to honor the elders, then the children won't know how to honor the elders. And what does Paul say right here? I serve my God with a pure conscience as my forefathers did. Paul represents a spiritual father. I want you to see something that's here that I didn't get to bring up for a service, but... In verse 6, Paul says, I remind you to stir up the gift of God which is in you through the laying on of my hands. Listen, can I just talk to fathers in the room? We talk about it in our school, but I want to talk about it here. Children get their identity from their father. Identity passed on or not passed on comes from your father. And so it is important to understand that if you are lacking a biological father, just like Timothy, there needs to be somebody who's a spiritual father who imparts something to you, who pours out their own life and their own heart deposited into you so that in a time of need, like Timothy, you can stir up that gift that is with inside of you. And further, for those of us who are spiritual fathers, it should show you the responsibility that we have to deposit into children and spiritual children. They're going to get that identity from us. They're going to get it from us as men of God. I love this church because at this church, we actually have men who come. We actually have faithful fathers and husbands here. Doesn't mean we're not without issues, but it means you're faithful, you're honorable, and we're plugging through. We got a band together. There's an entire generation that needs us. And I speak to you. I want to say this here. We're going to have some fun right now. This is a good part here. I was uh, seeking the Lord, and the Lord gave me some numbers, some awesome numbers I'm going to share with you for a minute. Get ready. It's tonight's Powerball. No, I'm just kidding. I always think it's funny when I talk to people, and they're like, if I win the lottery, I'll give this to the church. Actually, one person said, I probably shouldn't rat them out. She's here. She's here. Never mind. <laughs> Abra and I, uh, to be fair, I'll tell on myself. I was, I was tasked with working on some of the Christmas trees during the Christmas tree setup. And Ashley knows. I went to her. I'm like, tell me how you want them done. Okay, tell me again how you want them done. Okay, just in case I forget by the time I leave you, tell me again how you want them done. And I was really concerned because I'm like, there's no way I'm going to be able to get this done. This is not going to work. I can't do this. I can't, I can't do it. <laughs> So I've, I, I employ Abra. I'm like, her and her mom are working on something else. And I'm like, Abra, can you come help me? So you know what she said to me? 
She said, how old are you? You don't know how to decorate a Christmas tree? I'm like, all right, fine. Forget about it. Don't help me. Don't help me. I'm lost. I asked for help. They say to ask for help. I asked for help. Now no one's going to help me. Abra came over and started helping me. And Abra and I were talking. And as we're talking, you okay if I share this? I think she said if she won the lottery, she would buy chairs for the church. And I was like, that's awesome. So now we're holding you to it. Is that right? Is that what you said? Is that right? You did say garland. It's even better. She'll buy new garland for the church. And my mind went to, I think we need chairs. That's why I just put that on you. So my mind went to, we do need chairs. Hey, bro, there you go. Praise God. You and Doug, it's all over you. My mind went to, wait a minute. If you win the lottery, you'll buy garland. Of everything the church needs, you'll buy garland. I think we need chairs. I think we need all these other things. But I always get a kick out of that because I think to myself, how often are you playing the lottery? You have to be playing pretty much if you're hoping to win soon. But the numbers that I have, that was a terrible digression. The numbers that I have are, are not lottery Powerball numbers. Not going to hit the mega millions here. But if you do, we'll take it, okay? Always tithe on all your increase. You guys know how we feel about that. I'm a firm believer. I'm a firm believer. What'd they say in the old days? Don't shout me down. Are you telling me to move on? Wow. <laughs> so, I want to just do a little demographic work here this morning. Everybody loosen up, have some fun. I want to ask, who in this room is 55 years and older? If you're 55 and older, would you stand to your feet, please? 55 and older. Let us start by honoring our elders. Awesome, awesome. First service was packed, packed. So the first thing that we must do is, wait, why are you sitting down? I didn't say, you guys are really good at following instructions. I didn't say sit down. I'm about to tell you what's up, okay? Stay standing, 55 and older, stay standing. I, I want you guys, I want everybody else to take a look around the room, okay? These... Regardless of how long you've known the Lord, because I believe the Lord can quicken spiritual concepts to you, you are spiritual grandparents in this room. You are. I'm sorry, you may not like it, but you're spiritual grandparents, which means you have a responsibility. And I first, I want to say this. I actually want to say I'm sorry too, because I think as some young parents and children spiritually, we have pushed you aside too much and acted like maybe we don't need what you have to offer. But the truth is, God provides wisdom with the age and he gives zeal to youth. And when they come together, it's beautiful. So I'm sorry if we've ever pushed you aside. Now, I want to plead with you if you're not already and I'm looking over the room in the faces that I can see. You're all faithful people. I want to plead with you to know the Lord like nobody's business. I want to plead with you to know the word and know how to hear from God. Listen, when I was a young man and I was all messed up, I'm going to make you keep standing. You guys have been standing a lot in your life, so just hang there with me. When I was a young man and I was all messed up and I was rebellious and I was foolish, I couldn't hear a word from my parents, but my grandparents were the stable, steady Eddies, and I could go to their house, and they just loved me. Grandparents, we need your wisdom. We need your love. We need your support. You are not 
forgotten. You are not cast aside. We desperately, as the body of Christ, need you. Now let me pray for you. Father, I thank you for these grandparents and the faith, for the labor of love. Your word says in Hebrews 6 that you are not unjust and you are not unrighteous, that you should forget the work and the labor of love that these spiritual grandparents have showed for the saints. Lord, I ask you, if they're young in the faith, quicken them in the name of Jesus Christ. Quicken them by your word and by your spirit. And if they're well advanced in their timeline and walking with the Lord, Lord, I ask right now that you would just sure up that foundation and remind them they are not forgotten. They are much needed in Jesus' name. Amen. Have a seat, guys. All right. Now, that's the easy one. Everyone's about to be upset with the numbers that I've separated, okay? These are numbers from the Lord. I told you. I got them from him. So if you are between the ages of 30 and 54, 30 and 54, would you stand to your feet? Good. This is what the grandparents looked like first service. That's awesome. That's great. We got a lot of spiritual parents here, guys. Take a look. This is awesome. This is really awesome. Look around. All right. You can get people to clap for almost anything. <laughs> so take, take a look around. If you're sitting, whether you're a grandparent or a child, take a look around, okay? If you're a grandparent, these are spiritual parents who need your nurture and support. You can't forget them. They need you. And children, look around. Spiritual children and children. We'll get to you in just a moment. Look around. These are the people who are tasked with pouring into your lives. Parents, I want to admonish each and every one of us. I know that we get tired. I'm so glad that Pastor John had that word a couple weeks ago. We get weary in well-doing because it's hard to see. It's hard to believe that we're going to reap if we don't lose heart. But we got to stay our hand to the plow as we're raising these biological children and spiritual children. You know as well as I do, when you get spiritual children in a rebellious stage, they don't want to hear what you have to say no matter how much. But guess what? When they come back like the prodigal and they come to their senses, we need to be there with open arms. That's our responsibility. So Father, I thank you for this heavy group, this powerful group of spiritual parents. Lord, whether, whether everyone has a biological son or daughter or not, we have spiritual children in this church that need to be nurtured and cared for. They need to receive identity from Christ that we have a responsibility to impart. And so I pray for each and every individual that we would receive this task with honor and accept it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Now, here's the group that really doesn't like me. In fact, one of them told me first service they're not calling me a father. So, <laughs> But here, if you are 29, the age of 29 and below, 29 and below, would you stand to your feet? Yeah, come on. This is great. 29 and below. You're so good. You really didn't want to stand. I really appreciate you standing. Don't worry. Your contemporaries feel the same way. Take a look around. Take a look around, church. We have a responsibility to pour into the lives of those that you see here and those that are all the way in the kids' wing because there's 200 plus or 100 plus over there right now. 
We have a responsibility. I want to say something. I want to admonish you spiritual children in the room. I know what it's like. I remember being rebellious. I remember thinking I learned it all. I marvel right now at how much I don't know. I am absolutely amazed. I'm not being silly. I'm absolutely amazed on a daily basis how much I actually don't know. And so as spiritual children, we need to have a posture of humility. We need to humble ourselves. I don't care if you're 29, if you're at that highest bracket. We must humble ourselves before these parents and grandparents and learn from them. Listen, there's two ways to learn. You can learn from the school of hard knocks or you can learn from wisdom. Wisdom comes from parents and grandparents who went there first, did it the hard way, and realized there's a better way to do this. And that's how we should learn. So I want to pray for us as spiritual children that we would pay attention to the parents and grandparents who are trying to pour into us. Father, I thank you. I thank you. And and grandparents and parents in the room, please stretch your hand out to these spiritual children and children. Please stretch your hand out. Father, I thank you for the spiritual children that you have provided us here at His Providence Church. And we will not cast off our responsibility to pour into them, to encourage them, to impart identity to them. We will not curse them in our anger. We will not speak death over them even when they're living in old, dead ways. We will choose to speak life by the Word and Spirit of God. So we thank you for these spiritual children in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Lord. So the first thing we have to do is what we just did, and that's to identify generations. Now, I'm not so foolish to think that just because you're advanced on your timeline and you're a little older that you've got it all put together. No, I get it. Some people come to the faith real young. In fact, one woman, uh, real old rather. In fact, one woman first service said, listen, I don't know what to call you. I'm a lot older than you, but you're, you've been walking with the Lord a lot longer than me. It's not about your age, but I do believe that if you came to the Lord late in life, we're believing for you that the Lord is going to impart some quick wisdom, spiritual revelation and understanding, and make up for the lost time. Because guess what? We need you. We desperately need you. So the first thing to do is to identify the generation. The second thing to do is to acknowledge the role. Listen, I want to speak to spiritual children. You're not always going to be a spiritual child. The more time you spend maturing, the more time you spend in the Word, the more time you spend listening to your elders, the quicker, the faster you will grow. We actually, as spiritual children, we actually determine how long we stay kids. You know, God is, just like in the natural family, God rears and raises children through mom and dad's authority. The same is true in the spiritual climate. God raises spiritual children through the spiritual parents and grandparents. And if we're too stubborn, if we're too stiff-necked, if we're too arrogant, dare I say, to think we have it all together, that we're not willing to listen, listen, that's a big mistake. I'm going to tell you something. I had come back to this uh, New England area from Colorado. Just to clarify, clean up any confusion, a lot of people think I'm from Colorado. I spent seven months of my life in Colorado. I'm... (laughs) Born and raised in Rhode Island. I'm a New Englander all the way. 
this gets really confusing after a while. But when we came home after a short stint in Colorado, um, this church received me. Pastor Zach and Ashley, the entire team received me and welcomed me and loved me. I was like a shaking, broken dog with my tail between my legs. I was completely lost. I didn't understand what happened. And this church began to take me in. And within the first year, you know, I'm like, wow, God didn't forget me. Wow, God is still using me. And you know what tried to creep up again? Is that pride. That pride of youth tried to come right back. Well, look at me. Wow. Here I was thinking I was a nobody, and now look at me. Wow. So one day, we had Sadarshan, who's one of our beloveds here. Sadarshan, come on up, Holly. Uh, we were on the other side of the building, and he walks up to me, and he's like, hey, Kurt, listen, I just want to tell you, don't quit your schooling. You got to stay in school you got to grow in the Word. There's still more for you to learn. Now, if I was a humble, wise, spiritual child, I would have said, you know what, Sadarshan? You're totally right. Or, you know what? That's awesome. Let me pray on that. Do you know what I did? I was like, I don't think so. God called me out of school. I don't, I don't think I was supposed to be going back to school. I'm supposed to be teaching now. I'm supposed to be teaching now. I got it learned. No, no, you don't know anything, Kurt. And this is what I'm saying. Now, I marvel at how much I don't know because guess what? We're all choosing to either grow spiritually or stay stagnant. We determine whether or not we remain children in the faith or move into parents in the faith and ultimately grandparents. And I will tell you, submission and humility is what's required. We must be willing to submit. Any elder, I am super grateful for my father. I was saying something to him a couple, of, a couple of months ago, and he's like, nope, don't say that. Don't you say that. We're not going to go there. I was kind of mad. I'm like, I'm a 38-year-old man. I have four kids, dad. You're telling me I can't say that? Yeah, he is, because he's still my father. And the same thing works with spiritual fathers. Listen, we're, my concern for the church of Christ and not Latter-day Saints, but my concern for the church, the real church, the body of Christ, is that we're, we're getting too segregated. We're getting too much into our own pockets of groups because we've ostracized our elders, and we've told them we can't learn from you anymore, and we've pushed away our kids because we're not too sure what to do with this generation. And the truth is, there's room for everybody at the family table. You need to have room all over the family table. And guess what? Yeah, people in church are going to rub you the wrong way. Spiritual grandparents, you know what they say? You know what they say? I'm too old to care what people think. I'm going to tell you how it is. You know, Ephesians 4 says that through the truth and love, we may grow up to all things. But when you hit that spiritual grandparent state, it's like that went out the window. And now you just start telling people like it is. There's like, doesn't have to be any love or grace on it whatsoever. This is the way it is. And we're wise to pay attention. And we should be humble enough to be able to receive it. Hey, that didn't come out just as, as well as it should have, but guess what? I honor them because they're a parent and a grandparent. And I'm going to receive what they have to say. I'm going to take it back to my prayer closet, and I'm going to pray into it. Nine times out of ten, I've done that. Guess who was wrong? Me! 
Not the elder, not the grandparent. All right, so we acknowledge the roles. We must build relationships. Here's the problem. Again, as I said, we've pushed away some of the elders because we're not too sure what to do, and they say whatever is in their heart and in their mind. And the children, we don't know how to deal with this generation, and we just keep talking about it and talking about it instead of seeking the Lord and getting the answer. We must, one of the things I love about greenhouses, and this is the way it should be going, one of the things I love about greenhouses is that you should be able to come. You should be able to find older people there who are grandparents, a little bit older who are parents. You should be able to find spiritual children, and you should all be able to come together and grow with one another. It's near impossible on a Sunday to be able to do that. We come in, we have awesome worship, we feel transformation in our hearts. We get into the Word, we're like, wow, that was an amazing message. Wow, I didn't know it said that in the Bible. Wow, I didn't know that's what it translates in Greek. But we walk out the same doors, we go past the same curtains, and we're still just as broken and empty inside because it's near impossible to make that connection on a Sunday. But we need to make that connection. We need what each other has. It's the reason why we cannot be isolated. We get so offended. We get so hurt that we begin to isolate. But the Proverbs say that a man who isolates seeks his own counsel. We cannot isolate. We have to stay plugged in. So yeah, we're going to hurt one another. You know, spare the rod, spoil the child. Sometimes parents have to, good a, good, have to put a good proverbial spanking in for a spiritual child. You're acting a fool right now, and you need to stop. You need to stop. But it's not all just spiritual elders and spiritual children. There's so much more. We have to build these relationships. I'm telling you, what I want to share in just a few moments, this is so powerful. We're totally missing each other. Now, I, I would have some say, oh, well, listen, isn't, isn't having a brother or sister, aren't peers enough? Aren't peers enough? Aren't, aren't siblings enough in a family? I'm going to tell you something. Peers alone. Counsel from peers alone will always be, at best, short-sighted. Counsel from peers alone will always be, at best, short-sighted. I think about the, the framing and the founding and the building of this church with these, these people getting together, and you had a beautiful group of those who were aged and those who were young. And I love, with the development of this new mission in this church down in Providence, what you see is you see the wisdom of the age with Stephen, one of our elders, matched with the zeal of the youth in Pastor Daniel. That is what the Lord is looking for. That, I believe, is why this church continues to be healthy. Continues to be healthy. Because there's mutual submission across the board. We have a pastor who is submissive to a group of elders. You've been in other churches before. Some elders are just yes men. They do whatever the pastor says. But we have a beautiful function of government here. Peer counsel is not enough. Now let me say it to you like this. How many of you remember a guy in the Bible who forsook the elders' wisdom and went with his companions? What's his name? No, it's not Absalom, but you're good. You're close. Rehoboam. Mm. Absalom did it too, though. You know, somebody else said that first service. He was more wicked. Yeah, 
That's true. Rehoboam forsook the counsel of the elders as the new young king. And 1 Kings teaches us that he went with the counsel of his companions that he grew up with and ended up dividing the entire kingdom of God. See, what happens is when we have just the counsel of our peers, by itself, it's reckless and hasty. Counsel for young peers is reckless and hasty. Now listen, Aaron Fisher, who's a mechanic here, is a good friend of all of ours. He likes Camaros. If, if, if Aaron and I jump in a Camaro, we're going to look at each other and we're going to say, let's see how fast this thing can go. Yeah. It's going to be the first words out of our mouth. We're not even going to think twice. Floor it, baby. Let's go. Now, if my mom and I jump in the same Camaro, my mom's going to look at me. She's going to say, no, I'll be in the driver's seat. She'll be here in the passenger. She's going to say, put your seatbelt on. And not too fast, honey. Now, if my, brand, my grandma comes in the same Camaro, she's going to look at me and she's going to say, who are you and where are we going? I'm going to say, don't worry, grandma. Get ready for the ride of your life. It's going to be awesome. It's great. <laughs> my grandma was actually here for service. I was like, can I crack that joke with my grandma in the room? She's so good. You can. You can. She's great. Now, see, that's youth. It can be reckless and hasty. It can be reckless and hasty. And we spend a lot of time looking at youth and saying, hey, listen, peer counsel among youth is going to be reckless and hasty. But the same is true with some of the aged. Sometimes an elder population can get together and there's a lot more talking than there is action. And the Lord began to remind me of an amazing story, the biblical account of the Lord of the Rings. And in... And in the Lord of the Rings, there is Treebeard and his friend, Z, the Ents. And Merry and Pippin are trying to get their attention because these are big, strong trees and they can make a difference. They're like, come on, you got to take action. And Treebeard says, hmm. young hobbits, we never say anything that doesn't take a long time to say. And I'm not mocking. What I'm saying is, this is why God keeps us in a spiritual family. Because just like if you keep the youth alone, they can be reckless and hasty. If we just keep our elders together, like Mary and Pippin, the world is dying out there. We need to get it together. We need your strength and your wisdom. We need what you have to offer. And so God puts fire inside of young people to remind our elders there's still work to be done. Now listen, we got a lot of great elders here. I spent a lot of time. I'm not just talking about our board of elders. I'm talking about we have a lot of great elder population in this church. Super seniors. That's why they're called the super seniors. You guys are doing an awesome and a mighty work. 
The thing is, we got to pair it together. There has to be that counsel and that wisdom paired with the zeal to go out and get it done. Because here's the thing. I know some of you seniors, you've still got the zeal inside of you. It's still there. You still want to go and climb that mountain and take that hill like Caleb. You still do. We have to link up with you to help get it done. All right. So, quick thing as we wrap up here. Three quick things. Number one, family is totally different from friends. Here's a really important fact. We get to choose our friends, but you're born into a family. And when you're spiritually born, you're born into the body of Christ. The scripture tells us that God places within the members as he sees fit. He places each member into the body as he sees fit. And so I want to tell you, if you're at church here, if this is your church, I asked a young guy the other day, is this your church? Because that's going to make a big decision. That's going to make a big difference. If this is not your church, then you're never going to be able to submit to what God has for you here. But if this is your church, then you have a responsibility to submit to the work that God is doing here and get involved. Your family, you were born into a family. And I know we don't like it. We don't like how it feels all the time. Our family members sometimes irritate us. Our parents sometimes push us. Our grandparents, our children, it all works together. But this is why we have to walk in love and forgiveness constantly because the enemy is constantly looking to steal, kill, and destroy and divide and conquer. And if he can get you offended by somebody at church, he can get you out the door and inactive. Offense in the body of Christ has to be a thing of the past. It's got to go by the wayside. we got to deal with our issues as they come up. Matthew 18 tells us how to do that. All right. But you choose your friends. You're born into a family. The final remark that I want to make today, um, as I prayed through this message as the Lord was ministering to me, he actually reminded me of something that was on Kim's heart last month. And Kim said, hey, we're going into Belong Sunday, but I really feel the Lord is actually moving us to deal with abandonment and rejection as a whole. And as I was praying and seeking the Lord, the Lord brought that back to my remembrance because James writes it like this, pure and undefiled religion is this, to visit widows and orphans in their distress and to keep oneself unspotted from the world. And while we can look at that and we can say, okay, naturally we can handle that. Where are the natural widows? Where are the natural orphans? I propose to you this morning that it works the same way spiritually, that we have some spiritual widows in the room. And I'm not just talking about women. We have some spiritual widows who are here and through a loss and through a death, you have felt separated from the body of Christ. And we have some spiritual orphans in the room you prayed a prayer, you gave your life to Jesus, but nobody is bringing you along and discipling you and showing you how to walk this thing out. And I believe that the Lord wants to start today to heal those wounds, to cleanse, especially, I, I think about our elder population and maybe the way we've treated them and what we've communicated and how they come into church had, I had some people first service tell me that they have really felt, not just here at this church, but they have really felt as an elder, as an older person, just kind of pushed aside, like, hey, your time is done. No, no, no. I'd like to invite you to stand to your feet because I believe the Lord wants to do a work in each and every one of us today.
I want to say something as we bring this thing to a close today. I want to let you know that you're not damaged goods. This is a really, really important word from the Lord. A lot of times we'll meet somebody who comes out of a broken relationship or comes out of one after the other broken relationships, and God puts it on our heart to look them in the eye and remind them, you're not damaged goods. I want to say that to everybody. And then I want to say it to our spiritual widows and spiritual orphans. You're not damaged goods. You're actually a part of a body. You're a part of a spiritual family. And that's this group that you see right here. You're here. You matter. You belong. And I believe that the Lord wants to move us forward today to begin to heal some of that abandonment. You could have the crazy thing about abandonment and rejection is you can have everybody in the world around you. You can have everybody singing your praises and still feel abandoned and still feel rejected. And I believe the Lord wants to begin to heal that area of your heart this morning. First service I did a little bit differently, but I sense the Lord right now. If you are dealing with, you know it. Nobody has to tell you. It's like I said, you walk out the double doors, you go past the curtain, and you say, church was great, but you go right back to the same sense of sadness and loss and brokenness, and you feel abandoned, and you feel rejected. If you're dealing with that spirit of abandonment, that spirit of rejection, I want to invite you to come to the altar this morning, to come and to be willing to lay that thing down because you're a part of a spiritual family. You're a part of people who wanna love and care for you. But do you know what? Sometimes we have our walls so far up, nobody can penetrate and get in, no matter how hard they work. So without any shame, because there's no shame, without any condemnation, because there's no condemnation, would you be bold enough to say, hey, listen, I am really dealing with that feeling of abandonment. It's followed me my whole life. I'm really dealing with constantly feeling rejected. Would you come to the altar so that we can begin to pray for you? you can forget about everybody else around you.
Before our prayer team comes and begins to pray over you, I want to ask you an important question. Because things become so familiar to us, we keep them as pets, we hold on to them. But I want to ask you today, are you willing? Are you willing to let go of that spirit of abandonment and rejection and see yourself as chosen and adopted and belonging to the Lord? you willing because that's going to be all important so as pastor sings this song again I want to release our prayer team to begin to pray over the individuals here at the altar Jesus, Jesus. and if you're there out in the congregation just stretch your hands we'll let you go in just a moment just pray pray for our friends up here and come to me you trouble
out there and you're not at the altar, God bless you. But before you go, I want you to find some of your spiritual family. I want you to look for grandparents and parents and children. Look them in the eyes and say hi. God bless you. Have a great day. This is Pastor Zach and you've been listening to HPC Sermon Notes. Love you guys. God bless you and have the best day of your life.